We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome into the Roadwire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Roadwire, joined as always during the Euros by Ryan Belangi. And today we're talking about Friday's two-game quarterfinal slate between Switzerland and Spain and Belgium and Italy. Ryan, I was just commenting to you, it was nice to have a few days off from losing money. <laughs> yeah, uh, nice benefit of not having a slate means uh, we didn't have to lose any more money. Um, but it was nice having a break, uh, ready to get back after it. Uh, still a few slates left to uh, make up for a couple bad weeks, at least for um, me and you. Um, but all it takes is one slate, one slate to make life fair again. So uh, let's hope that one's tomorrow. Hey, that's what I keep telling myself. You, everything can be made up on one slate, which is why we keep playing slates, because it could be the next one. And so we, uh, that would be it. And that's the nature of these GPPs, especially with the top heavy payouts. Um, you're not going to win a lot of them, but um, as long as you win a few, you should be okay. That's right. That's right. Finishing third or fourth is not, not likely to make up for what, what we're trying to make up for. So we're, we're playing right. a win here. Um, so yeah, jumping into this uh, two-game slate, like I said, Switzerland, and Spain, Belgium, and Italy. Uh, unsurprisingly, Spain, the biggest favorite. Uh, against Switzerland side that I think is kind of uh, a little better than people expected, or maybe just gotten better results. And then we have Italy favored against Belgium, two teams that have been very good during this tournament. Belgium obviously dealing with some pretty significant injury issues, which is probably why Italy are such a, a strong favorite. Do you think the odds are right? Um, yeah, they seem pretty accurate. Um, Spain and Switzerland playing in Russia, Spain minus 153, um, Italy, Belgium playing in Germany, um, and Italy plus 129. There's a slightly higher total in the Spain game. Um, Spain are the biggest favorites. Uh, when I first looked at the slate, um, I guess I kept coming back to the question of, is this one of those slates where we just kind of get as much Spain as we can? Um, I don't know. Um, what do you think? I mean, 
early in the tournament, getting as much pain as you can was an absolute disaster. Uh, obviously, it was not so much in the uh, past few games. So we recency allows us to say like, yeah, let's get as much pain as possible. We have to remember that similar to the games that we just had, like if there are any draws, then uh, after 90 minutes and we go to 120, based on the odds, it seems more likely that Italy and Belgium could go to extra time, but you know, that's obviously no guarantee. So yeah, I think most people will try to get Spain. Uh, the, yeah, I think that's where a lot of people will go. That yeah, game um, seems more likely to go off though, right? Which one, the Spain game? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, so um, I'll just, part of the reason I got there also, um, We'll bring up KDB when we get to midfield, but uh, he's not expected to start. And if he's going to be on the bench, it would pretty much just take away all my interest in Belgium. I mean, except for, you know, Lukaku basically and maybe a defender, but that's more of a GPP play. So if you eliminate Belgium and then, um, you know, we've been avoiding teams against Spain. So, you know, we're not going to love Switzerland here as the biggest underdog and not going to see much possession. So it kind of narrows it down to Spain and Italy. Um, and I guess with the exception of Ferran Torres, um, Italy's a bit more expensive. Um, so it kind of just leads to starting with Spain. Um, and yeah, like you said, it seems like the more likely game to go off. Um, Italy's been very good defensively, good in possession. And I mean, Belgium too. That's just like, that's a tough matchup. I mean, yeah. you can absolutely see it zero, zero into the second half. Um, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. The difficulty I had when building lineups and I think this is going to be a problem for a lot of people, cash and GPP, is that you are definitely going to have to play people you don't want to play. And that's yeah. both both because of positional issues and based on guys you do want to play, you kind of end up just pushing yourself in a specific path. I think that applies more in cash games just because – the, t the targets are a little closer. You right. know, your, your player pool is probably not as big in, in cash, but I went through like a number of builds and I'm like, man, <laughs> I don't like any of these. And it was basically like, I don't want to play this guy. So how do I get out of him? And the path was just another guy I didn't want to play or to somebody I wanted to play. And then I had to toss somebody else and that I didn't want to play the, whoever filled in there. Like lineups are gonna, I think are going to be really ugly on Friday. Yeah, um, I was going through the same issues, and um, what I ended on usually was deciding that, at least from a cash perspective, there weren't um, like mandatory spend-up options or necessarily great uh, expensive defenders from a from a floor perspective. So I thought there were a few places you could pay down there, um, and there was. Um, plenty of midfielders that I think are okay to play. Um, so it's, I sort of just saved money at defender and then played everybody I want, but let's start it forward. Um, in, in senior, 
most expensive option. Um, played 108 minutes last game. Majority of set pieces, you know, Berardi takes some too. Um, comparing the two, Berardi's more likely to get subbed. Um, and yeah, I think I think you just start with Insignia. Uh, is that where you are? It is. Uh, I don't love it, to be honest. Just putting that much salary into a guy who might not get a ton of set pieces. They are favored, so like I get it. I think a lot of people will go that way just because as we continue down this forward list, the, the cash pool is pretty light. I was actually curious if you think Berardi's the, the lowest owned of the three Italy forwards in tournaments. Like it seems like if, if cash, it's going to be Insignia, then most people, if you want Italy exposure, you go to a mobile because he's likely to score the goals, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I definitely would expect Berardi to be the lowest of the three. Um, and it makes me want to take a shot on him more for tournaments. Um, and I, he's, he's like, he won't be very popular. So you, you know, if you play multiple lineups, you wouldn't have to have a ton of exposure to be over the field. Um, like just to continue about Insignia and those other forwards, like you said, um, just a, a matchup against Belgium, you know, we're not like looking to pay 10 K for, for Insignia. Um, I definitely agree with that. Um, but the Spain options, you know, Ferran Torres is expensive um, and Maratas the only other one. So at least from like a cash perspective and a, and a floor from floor perspective, uh, Insignia just seems safe. Uh, and it seems like you can afford them. Um, but yeah, for tournaments, yeah, I, I like taking a chance on someone like Berardi. I think he'll be like considerably less popular uh, than the other two. I don't, do you feel the same? Totally, totally. You just basically the reason is you have a, you have the floor reason to play in Senior. Not that he doesn't have upside, but like he's the strongest floor play on his team. Immobile has the goal odds. And then you're like, and there's Berardi. So like anytime that you have like a, and then there's this guy, he's going to be the lowest owned of the three. So mm-hmm. do you, where do you put Danny Olma? I don't think we expect him to start, but if he starts, I feel like he is also highly likely to get subbed. So you're not like Murata has the playing, some playing time safety. I feel like. Yep. Yep. Um, none of them in cash at least. Yeah, um, Danny Almo, the 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 price tag is really cheap uh, yeah. compared to the other guys on this slate. Um, so like seventy minutes even um, for for that price tag on uh, the biggest favorite. Uh, yeah, I like that uh, definitely for tournaments. And I mean, you you could make an I, I think you could even make an argument for it in cash. I mean, he he gets enough peripherals, and uh, I'm not sure where else uh, you really want to go. Um, I wasn't going to play Immobile in cash, um, but I guess the next guy I considered was Marata. Um, not a guy we'd normally think of as like a safe play, but uh, center forward on the biggest favorite. And, uh, you know, they 
he's like their only true number nine. So like you said, you know, his, his playing time feels safe and, and he's got the highest goal odds on, or yeah, goal odds on the slate. So seems okay. What do you think? It feels like a poor man's Harry Kane Mm -hmm. and he's actually cheaper than Kane. So I guess that works in his favor, but there's no way I play Murata in cash. <laughs> yeah. Um, I there's agree. One, there's a really only one guy I looked after Insignia. Uh, okay. It wasn't from Spain. Okay. Um, I'm interested to hear who that is. So, yeah, I agree that Murata is like a poor man's Harry Kane. And then what I would say is he's pretty cheap. At, uh, at 8,400, at least relatively cheap. And like comparing him to someone like Kane and Lukaku, I see like, I see, I definitely see more floor points just from the way Spain play compared to like, you know, England don't create chances. So Spain, or sorry, so Kane, uh, he's, I don't know, he seems a lot riskier. Um, but yeah, anyways, so no Murata, where are you looking for? Or, who are you looking at for second forward? So I think the one place people go, and I think it's a giant mistake, is to Mertens. Oh. And Mertens has been absolutely horrific in this tournament. He's 6,400 against Italy, likely to be subbed. So I, But I think that's where people will look. Now, I don't think they'll go there. Okay. But if you look oh. at Mertens... And then you just go one spot down. You get Briel and Bolo, mm. who we don't expect Switzerland to have a ton of the ball. But we've seen him put up, you know, seven to ten points in every game except the Italy one. And I, you could make the argument that this game, like Spain doesn't have Italy's uh, defense but they probably have more possession. So those things don't work in Mbolo's favor. But um, I think Switzerland can make things hard for Spain with Mbolo. And at his price, and I, he's, he's not that goal dependent, he's unlikely to score a goal anyway, but I think he's the pay down guy instead of Mertens or I mean, there's really nobody else down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, agree 100% that, like, I much prefer Mbolo to Mertens. Um, I want to say just Mertens is a mistake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's you're going to lose when he scores one point. And, I mean, if De Bruyne is on the bench, he's likely to come off first. Um, I mean, I just see that he's averaging 1.6 fantasy points. I mean, you can, you can expect that if he, if he against Italy in a tough matchup. Um, but yeah, so on to Mbolo, I agree with everything you said. Uh, you know, in some ways the matchup is better than a matchup, uh, better than the matchup against Italy. Um, and the salary is very cheap. So if we're comparing him to these other goal dependent forwards, yeah, he makes a lot of sense in cash. Um, and yeah, he would just let you do whatever you want with the rest of your lineup. Um, 
so I agree with that. Um, I think he's a good tournament play too. Um, it's not going to be that popular and, um, gotta give my guy Seferovic a shout out too. Um, you can I was just going to bring him up. Yep. Uh, you can definitely play him in tournaments. Uh, two nice headers against France. Um, if Switzerland score, he's got a good chance to be involved mm -hmm. in it. Um, yeah. So I like going there for tournaments as well. I don't want to beat a dead horse on the Mertens thing. Um, but there are only four guys on Belgium who are averaging fewer points per game than he is. It's Dennis Prey, Christian Benteke, Hans Van Aken, and Michi Batshuayi. That's and only one of the <laughs> right. And only one of those guys has seen the field, maybe. Uh, yeah. Uh, if maybe they all have like a minute. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, you're right. I see. Yeah, Hans Van Aken has a minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, Yannick Carrasco is averaging 1.9. <laughs> like coming into the tournament, we said in the opening game, like uh, KDB was going to be out. Mm -hmm. So let's get Mertens and Carrasco for the set pieces. Mm -hmm. And they've literally been Belgium's worst fantasy players this turn. Yep. Um, I remember that. Yeah, Yannick Carrasco was maybe the most popular player uh -huh. in the first slate. <laughs> but yeah, they've really disappointed and um yeah just a little like this matchup against italy um you know i guess we should say because i keep saying assuming like are we assuming that kdb is just going to be on the bench and sub on or is do you know anything about his health we've heard nothing i think it's more likely that he is on the bench and doesn't play than he starts yeah so um I would just like if I if KDB is on the bench, I'm going to assume that he's going to come on. Okay. Um, and I'm also going to assume that their goal will basically just be to keep it zero zero uh, mm -hmm. in the second half. Um, they're a, they're a different team uh, without KDB. I mean, we saw them really struggle against Finland, and then KDB came on and they turned it up. Um, so yeah, that just makes me like these Belgium guys even less. Um, right. Yeah, Mertens or Carrasco. Um, and the, I guess the last thing I'll say about Mertens is I can't think he's going to be very popular. I mean, other people are thinking all of this stuff that we're thinking. Yeah. Uh, and for 6,400, um, of course he could score a goal. So I think he's okay in tournaments, especially considering he's the same price as those Switzerland forwards. And you know, how, how worse can he really be? I mean, worse for sure, but he could still score a goal. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point that he definitely should not be ignored in tournaments because yeah, if everybody else is ignoring him, that's the reason to play him. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. But man, I, I don't want to play. No, I, I don't either. So midfield, we obviously most likely don't have De Bruyne. I assume they're, they're the late game too. So it makes it a little difficult. Ideally, we get some news beforehand, but today would be his first day training fully if he trained at all. Mm -hmm. We don't know yet if he's trained. Given how... He's played in the last few games. I assume Sarabia is going to be owned everywhere. 
cash and GPP. And I think that's fine. Like, I don't even think he's that great of a GPP fade because he does enough and you can just differentiate somewhere else where you see that. Yep. Agree. Uh, KDB. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just, like you said, hopefully we'll have some news, but if we don't, um, I think it's just too risky to plan for that. I mean, I'm talking for cash specifically and, um, I think I would just prefer Sarabia anyways, like you said, uh, 7,300, nice price, um, a roll on set pieces and tons of open play value, uh, goals and back-to-back games. Yeah. He's like, yeah, a good tournament play too. Uh, like you said, um, you can fade him if you want, but like, He's he's one of the better plays on the slate, I would think, just considering everything, his price, his goal upside, his position, his floor. So, yeah, for cash, I think that's where I would start. Um, and I'd probably just play Koke with him. Um, he was great last game. Um, he almost scored, too. He actually should have scored. He had the best chance of the game. Uh, made a run through the middle and just was one-on-one with the keeper and shot it right at him. Um, But from a floor perspective, yeah, taking the majority of set pieces, doing a little bit of everything, um, would have no problem just playing both Spain guys uh, as the biggest favorites on the slate. What do you think? I played both of them in that last slate. I could absolutely see it again, certainly in cash. Koke's line, like, Koke smashed for Koke. Mm -hmm. And, and he could, like you said, like he could have had a goal. I don't think he's really allowed to score goals, so that's probably why he didn't get there. But right. 15.4 in 78 minutes. The minutes are always going to be kind of an issue with him. We know, like we know this. It obviously did not matter against Croatia. This game profiles similarly. We don't have De Bruyne to pay up for. So I think... Yeah, everybody's going to combine the two of them. The The weird thing about this slate is that, and we've talked about it with Italy before, we don't really like many of the Italian midfielders. Like, there's no safe floors there. Some of them have scored. You know, the Locatelli scores after we play in the week, the slate before. Barella does the same thing. Jorginho still hasn't gotten his we, penalty yet. But, right. but none of them are really... They're, none of them are cash plays usually unless they're cheap. And one of them, you know, Jorginho is kind of cheap on this slate, but you're not like playing him for a regular floor. We were just talking about how awful Carrasco has been. I don't think people play him in cash. I think he, like Mertens, I think if you play the two of them in GPP, it's great. Like go nuts because they've been horrible and nobody wants to play them. So go play them there. So yeah. The Switzerland thing is obviously whether you play Shakiri, whether you play Zuber, do you get enough of those out of those guys? They're the biggest underdog. So any hesitation on them just pushes you right back to the Spain ones. Like it's almost yeah. like you, you can make your lineup of Italian forwards and Spanish midfielders and try to just work it from there. Yeah, you could. So Shakiri, you're right. His, so his salaries come down. Um, he scored 2.7 fantasy points in 73 minutes against France. Um, you know, the game basically changed when he left. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, Switzerland started playing better when he left. Is that or is that what you're saying? Or? Well, I made the comment in the Discord. They were down three one, and I was like, "You're down three one, and you take off arguably your best attacking player, and right. we're so much better without." Him. That's a good point. So right, it just like sort of cements the fact that like Shakiri, you know. It's, they're not just going to leave him out there. He's been subbed in every game. He hasn't lasted uh, more than 76 minutes yet. And the, I just don't even see – yeah, I don't see much of a floor there against Spain. Uh, so for cash, no, I, yeah, I'd much rather go to the Spain guys. And <clears throat> even – okay, so if, if – I was planning on playing both Spain midfielders. I think like a lot of people would be. Uh is it a three midfielder slate? Then it brings one of these other uh, midfielders into play. Um, you mentioned Zuber. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to go there for cash, um, not against Spain. But I think Verratti's kind of interesting. Um, don't love that he only played 67 minutes uh, against Austria, but 12 fantasy points in that yeah. time, 5,200. Uh, it's interesting. I don't know. Like it, to me, I just rather have a cheaper guy on a better team than play someone I, I know who's going to get subbed against Spain. I mean, this is just from a, from a cash perspective. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Um, do you have any, like, have you had any thoughts about, you know, if you're going to play three midfielders or, or what you're thinking for construction? Well, you mentioned it at the beginning that defender seems like where we'll probably save money. So using three defenders, I mean, I, it makes some sense, but mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people go there. I jumped at Verratti when I, like I, before I like made lineups, it was like, all right, let me play Verratti. And then I was like, do I play Verratti or, or Koke? And then it kind of looks like you can play both. So I think for cash, people go that way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It was like Verati and Koke coming off those games where they both get 12 to 15 points and play 75 or fewer minutes. It's just so weird because the reason we don't play them is the minutes. And they the floors are good, but they're not that good. And of course now recency bias is like, oh no, they're they should smash again. Yeah. Um, and you know, for, for it's two games of recency bias for Verati. I mean, I That's know true. I know it was against Wales. Um, but I think what he had like 15 floor points yeah. uh, against Wales. Um, he is like that do everything guy for Italy. Um, he probably doesn't have any set pieces, but, but that's okay. Um, and I don't think he's guaranteed, you know, to come off at 67 minutes either. Um, that's true. So yeah, I don't mind it. It seems okay. Uh, it seems like, it seems like you can count on the you can count on the floor a little bit. Koke uh, too, like is he gonna smash like he did in the first game? Yeah, probably not. But still, like ten point first half floor, like you could see it again. You know, if Spain are just on top the whole time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of I, I feel safe with those guys. I guess is my point. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I think if this slate ends up being kind of low scoring and deeper tournament games tend to be, then the floor matters a lot more. And even in tournaments, like a lot if you're more. not going to be able to make it up in goals, then the 12 Koke points are worth a lot more than the two to three Murata ones without a goal or Moreno or whoever. Right. Um, that's a good, good point. Uh, on these two game slates, even for tournaments, when, there's not a lot of goals. Floors are very important. Um, you're going to have guys in your lineup that don't have goals or assists, and they're going to need to be the highest floor guys. Um, so just looking lower now here for some punts for tournaments. Um, people went to Pedri last slate for 3,800, um, and he did okay. Uh, yeah. 8. 8.8 four uh and played all 120 minutes and also he would have got the assist had Koke finished his chance um so 3800 seems i have no problem taking shots on pedri um he's played every minute this tournament that's not very nice yeah for 3800 on the biggest favorite i mean yeah. makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense uh, 90 90 90 120 yeah, that's what you're looking for yep. when you're when you're paying paying all the way down. Um, I like taking a shot on Barella too. Uh, Forty three hundred 
seems like very cheap. I mean, that's a big discount. And he, uh, you know, he gets involved in the attack usually more so than the other midfielders. Um, he could definitely score a goal on this slate. And 4,300 is just really cheap. And then I think, you know, got to mention, you know, you – Made a great call on the last slate with Granite Jaka against France. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on him here. I played zero Jaka, and I think he is okay in this. Like, I, I don't think I play Jaka over Jorginho. I think we we kind of skipped Jorginho. Oh yeah, probably rightfully in terms of who else we talked about. Jorginho is the reason I hesitated on Verratti, to be honest. And it became more of a positional scarcity thing. Now, locking two Spain midfielders in will, will make that a problem. Like, if you only play one of Sarabia or Koke, you can play, you can get another, you know, if you wanted to play, I don't know if you really want to play Verratti and Jorginho, but you could do it if you don't play two Spain guys. But... His floor has been fine. He plays most of the games. He may have penalties. It's like we know. keep talking about how Jorginho could have penalties. We, we still don't know. Mm -hmm. um, like Amazingly, that there, it feels like there are penalties all over this tournament, and we haven't gotten one from Italy to figure out who's on penalties. Crazy. But I think if you're in this range and you're looking for glimmers of upside, Jorginho – I mean, Barella scored, so obviously he can. But I think Jorginho might have, like, the highest potential upside of anyone in this lower price range. Uh, yeah, you're right. I missed uh, – I skipped over Jorginho, but uh, I will definitely piggyback on all that. I'll take Jorginho over Granit Xhaka. Um, 3900 you're right, it's a good price. Uh, he plays a lot of minutes. He might have penalties. Yeah, I like taking a shot on Jorginho. What are your thoughts on min price uh, Vitzel? Yeah. I forgot um, to mention previously, and somebody yeah. in the Discord called this out. Mm -hmm. yeah, rightfully so. Min price on the last slate, there wasn't a lot of uh, – there wasn't a lot of punt midfield options. Um he only scored one point, so I guess we didn't steer anybody wrong by not uh, calling we were totally him. Right. <laughs> right. Um, as far as this slate, no, I can't see myself going to Witzel. I mean, if you got another Belgium player and only 3,000, like maybe, sure, it could happen. But like, I'll just, I'll change something in my lineup to play Jorginho or Pedri. If, if I'm in that range, I think uh, most of the time Witzel's going to cost you a slate rather than win you a slate. You know, I hesitate to say stuff like that. You know, he shows up 5% owned or whatever he's going to be. Um, so sure, but it's not, not where I'm going to go. I just think the upside is so limited with him. Me, me too. Even in the matchup. Like, I think you'd be better off with Busquets at 3,400. And, like, I agree, actually. Yeah. Busquets hasn't taken a shot in 25 years, but, like, I still think there's possible, even right. he gets an assist, and I just don't see it with Vitzel. Yeah. And, like, glad you brought that up, too. Uh, 
Busquets, right, not taking a shot, but he is in there for all their set pieces. That's how he's gotten goals in these tournaments before. So, he, yeah, he can get one. Uh, we see it all the time. Just ball falls to somebody's feet. Or, of course, he could get on the end of a set piece, too. He's got three chances created in two games. Those could turn into assists. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned that defenders seem like where you wanted to pay down. Is it because you don't think the more expensive guys, whether it's Jordi Alba or Gaia or Azpilicueta or Llorente, I mean, the, literally those four are the four most expensive. Okay. That plays into that. But we have them, Spinazzola we've played before, Munier, Munier. Yeah. Like, there are guys that we've, we have played before that Absolutely. are in So – yeah, I actually, for tournaments, I want to spend up, yeah, on one of these spots. Um, for cash, I mentioned that I thought you could spend down if you wanted to just afford whatever you wanted to afford because uh, none of these guys have, like, guaranteed floors. Mm-hmm. Um, for tournaments, though, yeah, I think they're – I think, yeah, uh, Alba, Spinazzola, um, I definitely have interest there. Um Tomas Munier, good price, forty seven hundred. Um, I like all those guys for tournaments, but yeah, I just uh, I was I wanted to ask you about you know, paying up for defender in cash because yeah, they're better than the center backs, but I wonder I'm wondering if people are going to make it a priority. Um, like, are, are do, does anyone stand out for you above the others? No. <laughs> Simple as that. Like, I don't think, I think the total lack of set pieces for the Spain guys and the Italy guys and the Belgium guys, I think it's really only uh, Ricardo Rodriguez who would have set pieces mm-hmm. in this group. And I actually don't think 4,400 is that bad because he does no. a little more in open play. No. We talked about Kevin and Babu on the last slate. So when Babu doesn't start, but then he, I think he came in. Did he come in for Shakiri? Whatever it was, he ended up on where Shakiri was, and yeah, was he came in for Widmer, I think. Right, right, right. But I think Shakiri came off as well. Like, and oh, yeah, right. had an yeah. assist. Did he have an assist? Now that I've said, yes, that he right. did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, good ball, like a great ball. Like, mm-hmm. I remember seeing it, and I was like, that's why he should have started. And obviously, uh, thankfully, they're in the first game, so we know. I don't mind Mbappe at 4,000. My guess no. is, is that maybe they think he's a little too attacking and against Spain it doesn't make as yeah. much sense. But he's what, like, I like I agree. Totally agree. And that's what I think too. You know, Widmer's a little more defensive. But yeah, like you think Mbappe should be starting. He just offers so much more. And I also agree that um, – one of these Switzerland guys would be okay. And also Tomas Mounier would be okay because I was, you know, making lineups that had all Italy and Spain and, you know, you need to fill the three team requirement. So doing it maybe with Mounier, uh, Mbabu, Rick Rod, um, seems okay. I'll say that, and you just mentioned that like Widmer's a, more of a defensive player than Mbappu is. And I didn't 
I think I played Widmer on the last slate. And as soon as lock happened, I was like, this was a mistake because I should have played Rick Rod. Like, just move over. Rick Rod wasn't great, but like, it made sense for Rodriguez to be the guy that moves up on the left side. And Widmer was not going to be the one on the right. I mean, they use Shakiri over there and then Mbabu when they actually want to move the ball. So, like, if Mbabu doesn't start, I think Rick Rod gets a little bit of a bump. Obviously, the matchup is the worst one on the slate, but like Switzerland don't seem like they're just going to sit back and take it all. So if they, when, once they actually get the ball, I think at those prices, I think those guys are fine. Yeah, that's a good point. So um, keep an eye on that lineup um, because if Rick Rod, yeah, Rick Rod playing a little more attacking would definitely make him more appealing. Um I guess it was okay you faded him on the last slate or you would have been super tilted by that missed penalty. Um, I don't know if he's going to have penalties anymore. Is that three three straight at least? Three straight. That missed? Um, That's really not, bad. Right. Not, not that we're playing him for a penalty anyway, but that's at least in consideration, I guess, when you roster him for tournaments. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you again. Uh, just good prices. Um, so I guess I said then I was just going to pay all the way down, um, at least in one spot. Whoever starts for Spain looks okay, Pau Torres or Eric Garcia. Um, is there anyone else you were considering in this cheap range? No, and the more – it was less that there was nobody I was considering and more that I think they're all the same. And so based on lineups, like we'll just take whoever is there. But the more we talked about how this could be a lower scoring slate and that floors are a little more important. I don't know if a punt center back makes sense anymore. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I was literally just thinking the same thing. <laughs> Um, like it's not like the floors are that great on the defenders. No, but, but you know, eight, you, if we can be aggressive from somebody like Munier or Spinazzola or you know one of the, uh, it's uh, it's such a good, yeah. I mean, it's such a good point. Like you might be hurting yourself punting defender. You're right. Um, there are ways you can go. Like, like for instance, if you play Briel and Bolo, um, you absolutely, I don't, then I don't think you, you punt defender. Um, that's, I'm speaking for cash specifically, but even you can win tournaments like this too. But I mean, that's the way you win by, you know, beating everyone that has a zero at one of their defender positions. So yeah, really glad you brought that up. Um, I agree. Um, well, might not. I, I'm. I might not be. Might not be punting. You know, it depends. So I learned that from you. Uh, so I'll give you full credit for that. But if you just consider the two v two for tournaments of Murata and Eric Garcia or Seferovic and Jordi Alba, the if Seferovic and Murata both score, then. The, the 1v1 becomes Alba versus Eric Garcia and, or, you know, Munier, Munier or 
whoever the expensive guy is, Rick Rod. Yep. No, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And like, I'll just, let's just, uh, I just got reminded um, of our podcast, the last podcast before uh, the England Germany slate. And you said, am I going to pay up at two defender positions? And I said, if I liked Luke Shaw more than I would. And then uh, England came out with five at the back after we thought they were going to play four. And I did. I paid up at both defender positions. I ended up playing three defenders on a lot of teams for that slate. It should have worked out. It worked out good. It should have worked out amazing. But Kane got a bailout goal. Um, but yeah. You know, Shaw Shaw scored double digits, Trippier smashed, Zinchenko outscored all of them. Yeah. I played Kimmich, who didn't get there. But yeah, that strategy really paid off. Um, similar thing can happen here. All it would take is Italy, Belgium, you know, being zero zero. Um, so yeah, glad you brought that up. I think the most popular phrase in daily fantasy soccer when talking about results is I would have smashed if it wasn't for the Kane bailout goal. <laughs> um, you know, it's one of those that happens quite a bit. Uh, so I'll be sense. honest. I pretty much consider any Harry Kane goal a bailout goal. So the dude scores goals all the time, but I, everyone is a bailout in my opinion. Proves yeah. how often I play him. Um, that one was extra annoying. Uh, <sighs> one guy the only guy we really well maybe maybe you didn't maybe you mentioned him and I just chose not to hear it but uh, Cesar Aspiliqueta uh, was a popular option on the last slate and now he's more expensive and like for me he's a bit too close in price to Jordi Alba um, obviously it's not to say he can't score a goal again but um, yeah I prefer going to Alba or Spinozola or I don't know. I, I wanted to give you a, just a quick chance to talk about Aspiliqueta. So thank you for doing that because I, when he scored, I was tilting my face off because <laughs> I didn't play him and, and he scored. So there was a conversation about this in our discord and someone brought up that a lot of the, sharper players had Espeliqueta in cash. And I started to go on this, like, I think he was a bad cash play because his floor was low. He had like a four point floor. And I started going down this path and then somebody was like, no, no. He was a cheap fullback for a big favorite. And I'm always somebody who is completely willing to take that as, as the reason you play somebody. And I, yep it was purely spite that I was trying to find holes in it. But when you play a cheap player from a big favorite, you do it because the possibility of a goal is there. And as Piliqueta got it. And yeah, I was dead wrong to try to like find holes in this argument. Yeah. Um, I went through a similar amount of tilt as you. And then, you know, when you think about it, he was 4,600 for the biggest favorite, which is very cheap. And yep. the other game on that slate had France where Pavard was more expensive than him in a worse matchup. And the other, they didn't even have a left back uh, most likely because of injuries. So um, yeah, it just made sense. Uh, 
you know, biggest favorite, cheap price, positional scarcity. So, yeah, you know, it was tilting, but it's understandable. I think the lesson there, and I, I didn't speak to everybody that I consider Sharp who played him on this, but I think the lesson is Sharp players recognize that immediately and just play it. There's, there's no like, oh, I don't know if he's, if he'll, you know, what he'll do in the game or if, and it's like, no, no, no. He's underpriced for being a fullback on a heavy favorite. Let me play him and I'll take my time to, on the, the harder uh, problems on the slate. And Yeah. And, oh, let me just quickly add. So people don't think I'm too much of a donkey. I had him. On, <laughs> <laughs> I had him on 33, on 33% of my lineup. So I, you know, I had exposure, but I was tilted when I saw that he was 41% owned. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Just get, just add a little bit of credit. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm glad I'm glad we got that out. Yeah. So uh, goalkeeper, there's a $1,600 difference between uh, Summer and Simone in that game. And then Courtois, 4,400, Donnarumma, 5,000. Based on where you can go different ways, I don't think any single one is going to be overly popular. So where do you think people go? Yeah, you know, I never know. You know, talking about goalies is always, always tough. You know, I've been recommending, not even necessarily recommending, I've been going with the expensive keepers in these spots on these two-game slates. I, 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 it pays off sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, um, yeah um, I don't have much here for goalie. I guess I will – you know, where I'm leaning again is like, if I have the money, I'll, I'll play Simon or Simone or whatever. I'll, I'll play him if I can, I guess. Um, I'm not really going to make it a priority. It's one of those slates where I'll play, I'll have exposure to all of the keepers most likely. Um, and just try not to miss out on the one that scores the most points. Uh, if I, I know that's like not really <clears throat> saying much. If I was just making one lineup, I guess in these spots, I don't play Jan Summer because I just think he's going to get scored on and maybe multiple times. So I would narrow it down that way. Um, and then I would just play a keeper that you know made sense in my lineups if i'm if i have uh a lot of spain players play uh unai simon or go all the way down to courtois that's fine too um yeah so i'll just mix it up what do you think based on how this conversation has gone i think donnarumma should be the guy we play and it's pretty much because if we don't think De Bruyne plays or doesn't start, we already talked about how horrible Mark Mertens and Carrasco have been. I'm not even sure we said the name Romelu Lukaku. And we absolutely had a long conversation about Axel Witzel, but not Romelu Lukaku. So that's on us, but. Sure. I mean, do you want to talk about him for a second? I just, I mean, I, I think he's not a great play in terms of, you know, projected fantasy points. Mm-hmm. But 
And, and if everybody is going to try to get Italy forwards or Spanish forwards, you can get a really low owned Lukaku on this slate. And that's yeah. um Really low owned. Um, like his, his, his name and price. I don't know. Uh, You're right. 8,000 is cheap. But, you know, I'm thinking about it. Like, yeah, he's going to be lesser owned and, I feel the same way you do. I love him for tournaments. He's my favorite option on Belgium. Um, going to play all the minutes, you know, um, and like he's one of those great players that you just don't mind rostering for 8K on a slate where uh, there might not be a lot of goals. So, yeah, um, just like Lukaku for tournaments. But, uh, yeah, finish on Donnarumma. I like, I like where you were going there. I mean, that was pretty much it that we, it felt like in every position at every price range, we were like, well, you could play this guy from Belgium or this better play from Spain and Italy. So it doesn't even sound like we're playing much Belgium. A Belgian uh, stack, I think, we'll play Mertens, Lukaku, and Carrasco. And you'll be the only one who plays those three together and Munich. But if, if all we talk about are attackers from every team but Belgium, I mean, my God, we talked about Seferovic and Mbolo. Mm-hmm. Then go play Donnarumma. Yeah. Uh, again, you like convinced me a hundred percent. I'm just thinking about. I'm just thinking about the types of lineups I'm going to make now. Um, seeing, in, I I prefer the Italy side in the matchup against Belgium, and there's only a six hundred dollar difference between those keepers. Uh, I'm going to have more Italy in my teams. Uh, so, yeah, prefer Donnarumma also. I, I think it also is more about the Donnarumma pick is more about who you're not playing than who you're playing. Like if you wanted mm-hmm. to play both Spain fullbacks, I don't think that means you have to play Simone. Like they no, could, I, those guys could be fine, but they could also concede and, and the fullbacks are fine, but Simone is dead. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good, a good point too. Uh, a lot of time. Well, yeah. Some when um I used to I used to make that mistake where if I was playing like one of those expensive fullbacks I'd you know for sure want to pair him with the keeper but you're right I don't think you need to do that um I think yeah if you know we don't want to play Belgium uh because of no KDB and you know, we we don't trust these other guys uh, yeah you just end up going to Donnarumma right. Um, and I mean, yeah, like he allowed his first goal in 12 games, like last last game. So seems all right to me. Italy's looked great and they, they don't give up much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think it's as simple as that. Yeah. Of course, Austria is the team that like breaks through. Right. And it was, it was very late on and mm-hmm. sometimes your time yep yep uh cool all right if anybody has any follow-up questions for me or ryan you can find us in the rotowire discord which is open for all subscribers just go to rotowire.com chat to get in there if you are not a rotowire subscriber and would like to try us out for free for 10 days just go to rotowire.com soccer trial get you access to the entire site uh, as well as that subscriber discord chat if you're watching this on youtube if you could please hit the like button below because apparently that matters a lot And if you're listening uh, to the audio version, if you could please rate and review it uh, wherever you listen. 
We'll be back tomorrow to talk about Saturday's uh, two-game slate, which is uh, Czech Republic, Denmark, and Ukraine, England. And then, obviously, we'll be uh, looking forward to seeing what DraftKings does next week because we've got the semifinals on two different days. My guess is two huge showdowns, but we'll see. Ryan, thank you for that, and good luck tomorrow. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.